Uh, hey guys, this is a surprise, but I thought it would be fun if the three of us did a little summer getaway. Wow. Just, just get away from it all. Get away from, you know, our digital lives and just go someplace, uh, remote and tranquil and unwind. So that sounds great. I'm so excited. This is, this sounds like just what I need. Yeah. We could really use a break. So this is Nick. Thank you for getting this together. Uh, so, uh, I got us all tickets to visit, uh, the beach from Death Stranding. Um, it's great. It's kind of a limbo between life and death. Mm. No, I know what it is. Uh, that, yeah. Nick, I know what it is. You don't have to get into what it, that's not, when we said summer trip uh-huh. and we and we provided you with keywords like volleyball or, or wave race yeah. or mm-hmm. the beach. Splashing around. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got if 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 we're not going to go where Nick's where Nick wants to go, I've got a different a different place we can go for our nice summer break. Okay, hit us, Heather. Where where, where, right. where do you think we should go? So I was looking through uh, video games for like places we could go, mm-hmm. and I've got this uh, this really neat device which will transport us not only in uh, space but also time. And so I thought we could go to the beach. At Normandy from Call of Duty. Oh. Oh, boy. Um, Guys, tickets were so cheap. They were so cheap. Yeah. So we're going to go back in time? Yeah, we're going to go back in time Mm -hmm. to the beach, France. The, the 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 countryside of France, the rolling hills, the ocean waves, the beach at Normandy from Call of Duty. Heather, mm-hmm. I hate to veto it. Okay, but you know we're striking out here. But I I so I, I'm gonna have to say no to that. I All do. Right. I luck as luck would have it. Okay, I just got a letter in the mail. <gasps> oh, okay. wow! All right, all right. And it's it's from my wife Mary, and she's inviting us to Silent Hill. I'm fucking in. <laughs> yeah, man i i gotta get go. i gotta get my i gotta get my beach body ready for Pyramid Head. <laughs> <laughs> we crack open a cold one and discuss fun in the sun summertime games, and bust open the question block to answer your queries. This week on Get Played. your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, fellow host Nick Weiger, along with 
our third fellow host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played, guys. 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 How you doing? <laughs> We're doing pretty good. I'm all a right, loopy, all right. but I'm doing well. Oh, you're feeling loopy? Are you drunk? I'm fucking shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Chugging gin. No, um... <laughs> No, I'm 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 stone sober. Uh, I, I, I'm 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 taking a little hiatus from from uh, from uh, Grandpa's uh, cough medicine these days. Uh, but I am I I I I I've been like podcasting all day, which I know whatever. That's a fucking champagne problem. Mm-hmm. It's 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 easier than uh, literally ninety nine point nine 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 percent of jobs. Uh, yeah. But I've just I've kind of got that that I've just been hearing myself talk through my headphones for yes. like. Six hours, and then, and I'm also gonna, and I'm just about to do more of it. So that's kind of where I am at loop wise. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. But I'm hanging in there. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I, I had a full day of work, also did yeah. a podcast earlier in the day, and uh, it's been, um, it's been a swell one, I guess. The thing about, I think, the thing about doing a writer's room on Zoom is that it is essentially podcasting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you are, you are listening and pitching all day long to a screen where you receive zero energy. Um, so it's it's again champagne problems, but it does feel like I've been doing a show for hours and hours and hours and hours. How about you, Abadaka? How you doing? I'm yeah, same similar. Worked today all day. Did a podcast in the afternoon, and yeah, I, meetings aren't as fun as writers' rooms. I would assume. But I had a couple meetings today. Hmm. You're talking about a Zoom meeting? Yeah. And sometimes they could be an email. <laughs> <laughs> I I have gotten I've come back around to phone calls. I, I like being being on video to me is like another layer of okay, I have to be conscious of how I look. I'm I'm looking at other people. I'm gauging their nonverbal reactions because that's a big part of conversation. <laughs> I've come back around to phone calls. A phone call, it's like so much less stressful for me. Wow. Audio only. It's a way to live. Wow. Hey, speaking my language, we're in the podcast business, baby. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, next time you have a, a meeting, if it's like, it, see if you can finagle it into a conference call. Because I bet other people will be on board. I was able to do this a, a, a couple weeks ago. I was able to get like, hey, can we just do a conference call? And everyone was on board. And you know what? Everyone was relaxed. That's we don't to feel like we were, we were on. Yeah. We just talk. Chef Kevin, a good friend of mine, one of my dear pals. Hey, well, he listens to, the, listens to the podcast. Yeah, he does. And so he'll yeah. hear me say this. Hi, sometimes Chef. I, I appreciate this about him. This is good. Yeah. He'll text me that he'll have like a crazy story and he'll be like, Call me when you get a second. I have a crazy story. And that's already like, I can't wait to call. 100%. I got to hear this crazy story. This rocks. And then that's when I hear text. the story, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I heard it. And we had a nice chat. Called me recently. Uh, uh, while we're speaking of friends of the pod, uh, Stephen Ray Morris texted me recently. Mm-hmm. And he just texted me uh, photographs of minions he saw. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking great. That's exactly. That, I, I, I replied, this is the best text I've gotten all year. <laughs> No, 
the I'll, context, just some I'll, minions. Sometimes, yeah, no context. Send a text of a, a picture of a turtle if I see a turtle to Paul F. Tompkins with no comment or nothing. <laughs> and he loves it. My my coach, my boxing coach, uh, before I was training the other day, he went, oh, man, I I saw that Minions movie last night. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I, I almost passed out. And I was like, oh, no, are you okay? What happened? He's like, I was laughing so hard, I, I, I almost fainted. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck, this guy he's rules. Like, it was the, he's like the funniest, it's the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. And I was wow. like, oh, Holy man. shit. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, like, th- this is the, the thing about, uh, the, like, you know, like a company like Illumination. It's so fucking challenging to make a broad entertainment that could make, like, a kid laugh. And they could make like a boxing coach laugh. You know, yeah. that's so fucking that's such a challenge to 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 hit all those demographics and be something like, hey, that's funny. That guy, that little yellow guy's butt is going to make everyone laugh. Yeah. A man. God bless him. Presumably in better shape than most people almost passed out laughing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A guy who's who's professionally boxed and done like full blown MMA. Yeah, my my uh, my coach and a really good friend, Eddie Hernandez. Uh, if you're ever looking for boxing lessons in Los Angeles, look up Eddie Eddie's boxing crew. He's he's a wow. fucking genius. Wow. wow. Uh, but yeah, he thought Minions was so funny. <laughs> he almost well, I, fainted. I'm going to avoid it because I don't want to fucking die in a movie theater. <laughs> Man, how great would it be if I died of laughter watching Minions Rise of Gru in the theater? <laughs> I don't know why you're. Yeah, he fucking he laughed himself to death like he a fucking, weasel and Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I fucking feel like Stuart really got his Otto's, ass. Yeah, Otto's antics. If you haven't earned a spot in like the death montage uh, mm-hmm. at the Emmys, I think that story would become so legendary that you would be one of the black and white stills, and underneath it would say "podcaster, comma minions fan." <laughs> <laughs> They use the photo of me and Ghislaine Maxwell together. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, guys. 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 Let's talk about some video games we're playing. I, I want to know, what are you playing? Oh, what are you playing? <laughs> Characters evolved. Yeah. I, I'm going to talk about Cuphead one more time, and then I'll, I'll stop <laughs> uh, stop talking about Cuphead every week. But uh, I finished the Cuphead, uh, the delicious last course, the DLC, uh, the delightfully uh, named acronym uh, of the DLC. And uh, I won't reveal the final boss because it is a major spoiler, but a really, really fun fight, it's really Trump. satisfying. Well, I wasn't wasn't going to say it. It's freaking Trump. Uh, anyway, I'm going to destroy so, uh, this cup. <laughs> I wish I wish that uh, the Connect camera hadn't failed because the final boss of a game being just video of you <laughs> on the couch <laughs> would be so fucking great. <laughs> yeah, a nightmare that'd be. Uh, so uh, there's 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 some elements of this game that I that I really really enjoyed. Um, and and as I as I got to sink more hours into the DLC specifically, and not just the Cuphead base game, which I replayed in its entirety as I talked about, I just really started to like the uh, some of the things they did. So they had these these peri focused missions in the base game, 
which are, you know, the, the mausoleums you go to. And then basically it's like guarding an urn uh, from uh, that contains uh, the lovely Miss Chalice uh, from uh, from a bunch of ghosts trying to attack it. And in this one, they've kind of heightened it into a bunch of boss fights, uh, the King's Court. Where you go through a chessboard's worth of you know of, of characters that heighten in difficulty, uh, and you battle them with you know you don't have a way to shoot, you can only you can only parry, and it's they're, they're really fun and they're a great change of pace from the, uh, the the normal boss fights and the running gun levels, and it's just it's just a really nice little delight, and it's a, it's a it's an interesting way to earn coinage in this in this game, um, and uh, be able to buy some of the. Uh, new items, which I'll also say are fucking great. As mm. I got to uh, to mess around with them more, the new one of the new weapons, the crack shot, is so useful. It's basically like a tracking weapon that also does heavy damage. So you know, if you want to just focus on, uh, it, it, you know, it, it it homes in on your enemies, it homes in on on hitboxes. So if you want to just focus on dodging something, I found it was a great way to uh, get through levels that maybe just had a lot of you know. Uh, bullet hell chaos and also one of the new uh, the the uh, the new charms that i at first didn't quite understand how it worked and came around to it uh once i did understand it fully which is the heart ring which is that you can use the parry to heal uh you can only do it three times over the course of the fight and it's it's timed out which ones uh but it not only is the only healing mechanic in the game, it also lets you go above the health cap. So you can go from like you have a baseline of three health and you can parry and get up to four up to six health if you haven't taken any damage by that point, which is more so than you can get from the uh, the other heart charms. And those other heart charms lower the amount of damage you do. So it ends up if you can parry effectively and hey, to, to, to make a dent in this game, you're going to have to learn how to parry effectively. I fancy myself the parry god, but that's just me. Oh. Uh, you... You, uh, you can you can build up quite the health pool here. Uh, I also did some after I beat the last boss. I did some post game because I was still having fun with this, and I was just like, "Fuck!" I just want to just want to uh, do some more. And uh, so there's this uh, this hidden boss. I'll try to be very very general with the spoilers here. This hidden boss uh, that's uh, that in, that unlocks a cursed relic, which is one of the 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 charms you can use, and the cursed relic just completely fucks you. Uh, when you equip it, you go down to one health, so you can only take one hit. Uh, your weapon is randomized. Um, and so it, and so you got these two things working together where you, you can't, det- like your, and your weapon is randomized, and it also changes every time to, to another random weapon every time you parry, uh, use your super, or dash. So it's just wow. complete chaos, and you have no control over what you're, how you're going to use to attack people. Um, and... So to enhance this thing and and then eventually unlock the uh, uh, you know the the best charm you have to rebeat a bunch of old bosses with the cursed relic equipped so you have to go into these fights with one health and with a random weapon and your weapon changing um, at, at at various intervals use different abilities it becomes quite challenging but I forced myself to do it and I had actually a lot of fun doing it uh, but one thing I really liked about this is it changes the overworld music. Uh, from just the jaunty sort of fun themes uh-huh. and cuphead uh, to this nightmare when you have the cursed relic equipped. Oh no! Yeah, it sounds like the ghost house in Super Mario um, World. Very much so. Yeah. 
Yeah, real World of Ruin sort of vibes. So yeah, uh, I, I, I did this. I did this bullshit, and um, the only thing I have left to do is beat the whole game on expert, and I just don't want to do it. I was like, that's going to take me like another ten hours. But anyway, love, love, love Cuphead even more after playing uh, the game again and playing the Delicious Last Course. I just think it's a fucking masterpiece. I think the Delicious Last Course is some of the best that's uh, great. add-ons to a game I've ever I've ever pl- played through. So so such such a delight, such an absolute delight. It seems like they're having fun over there. With like, Studio MDHR, just yeah. incredibly, it's so many talented people. Here's the other thing. You you watch the credits for this game. Uh, the Moldenhauer brothers are the ones who, who created, who, you know, who directed this game. There's so many credited Moldenhauers. Wow. There's like, there's like, as, there's, there's, there's countless Moldenhauers. It's like, a, they're like the most talented family since the Jacksons. These wow. guys just all, they're all collaborating and they're all working in various capacities there and putting together some wonderfully unique games. God bless him. Shout out to the family. We love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's me. Uh, What are you guys playing? Well, I'm as I as I said last week. I'm back on board with games. He's back. And um, moments after I got live alive was the release of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which came in the mail. I had pre-ordered it, and I popped it into my Switch, and fucking A is it good. It is so fucking good. It is is three hours into the game, top 10 JRPGs I've ever played. Wow. Just hours in. It It locks in, and it's like, here's the fucking story. Here's the fucking world, and it's great concepts. Um... I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can only imagine it's going to get better. People are like, this is the best uh, Xenoblade Chronicles game there's ever been. It's one of their favorite JRPGs. It's, I'm just going to tell you, like, just the core concept from the get-go, and who knows how many twists are awaiting me. You play as a group of teenagers in a world where uh, two sides are perpetually at war, Mm -hmm. right? And you are born into military um, life and you live for 10 years and that's it. And then you die. And your goal as a child soldier is if I can make it to 10 years, then I've lived full. And there's this really intense melancholy immediately to the game like you you are at the funeral slash homecoming for one of the one of these people who's like just made it 10 years and everybody's celebrating and they go up on stage and the queen is like playing a song for them and they die and it's like wow they really did it so Jesus. i don't know where the story is going it feels like um it feels like a dystopian ya novel it feels fucking great it's awesome um but i retweeted earlier today a, uh, a a tweet I saw that I love by uh, a user named, I think, G-K? J-I-I-K-A-E. And their tweet is, 90% of the songs in Xenoblade 3 sound like someone told the composer this might be the last song they ever make. And that is... <laughs> and they followed it up with, like, damn, all I, ever, all I did was open the map. Why are you playing these angelic-ass chords? It's just a map, LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> and that is... 
it, it, that is a, it, I could not have articulated. Like I, I go into a Xenoblades. I think I mentioned this. I was like, oh, I can't wait to run around a big open field with good music playing and hunt down a monster. Right. Mm-hmm. And this game fucking like I'm only hours into it and I've already heard incredible music from the title screen to like one of the first fields you battle in. Um, and I have that track for us to play while I continue to rant about how good this fucking game is. This is like one of your first, like just run around a field. Oh, I have to go to this location. But you're being introduced to all of these fucking mechanics while you're doing it. You can assist in ongoing skirmishes. So there's like other people fighting on the field and you can take sides. So to like join in on one side or the other. Wow. And also it plays like an MMO. So you, unlike a regular RPG where your positioning on in a battle doesn't matter, you have to have the tank drawing aggro in front of the monster. You at least initially are playing a fighter and you're behind the monster trying to do damage without trying to pull aggro. You've got like a sniper character who's like blasting away at the at the monster from afar. And then you've got your healer and all of the healing spells are AOE spells. So you have to like run into circled areas in order to receive health while also managing the monster's aggro. It's fucking great. It's great. I've got it set on hard and I'm having a blast. Wow. Also, one of my complaints about this kind of game is that your low-level mod mobs are usually just like Ugh, a, a fucking pain. You're like, I don't, this isn't actually fighting anymore. Press the fucking minus button and you auto-battle those guys. Oh, that's so fun. So you, you can like focus on major encounters and just like blast through the rabbits and shit. Like, in, it's so, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. And I don't know when I'm going to get back to Live Alive. And I know I just pitched a hard game for for that game last week. Mm-hmm. But God damn, if I could quit all my jobs and just play video games, then I wouldn't be able to afford the games that I wish I could play. <laughs> I don't know how I'm, Nick does it. Nick, yeah, Nick. I'm like I'm like 80% of the way there. Uh, so. <laughs> The the uh, I'm I'm curious as a as a, 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 a I haven't played the Xenoblade games, uh, is the I, I guess my questions are first off is this a is this related at all to Xenogear Xenosaga is this part of the same lineage and also is it like ha, like if someone is a is a noob to the Xenoblade side of things do you think you can jump in with Xenoblade three? Absolutely, you can jump in with Xenoblade Chronicles three. Because the Chronicles games are separate, and I do, and as far as I can tell, they stand alone. Because I've only played one, which I beat, skipped two because the reviews were bad, and then got three because I was like, I really want a chunky RPG. And this does not, to my knowledge, share anything with Chronicles 1. So I would say jump the fuck in. It's a Final Fantasy style experience where you don't need to know shit. Um, and and the stuff that does seem to be holdovers from the first Chronicles game are like, oh, it's like one of those Moogle type dudes. And 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 he's got a funny way of speaking. And I kind of remember that he mm-hmm. was in that game on the Wii years and years and years ago. 
So it's fucking so good. It's so good. Uh, I'd love to play it at some point, but I did after last week. Uh, you convinced me to buy Live Alive, so I've <laughs> I've got to play that first. <laughs> did you get it? Yeah, I did get it. Yeah, I've been hovering over the purchase button. Get them both. I've oh, got, okay. I've got to go. I've I've got a high, I've got to travel uh, this this coming weekend uh, a bunch, so I'm just gonna. Uh, I figured I'd be nice to have a Switch game. I could. You're play. gonna love Live Alive. You did not make a bad choice. And as soon as I'm done with Chronicles Three, which probably will be sometime in like September, October, November, December, January 2023, I have no idea how long this game is, but I do remember that the first one was extremely long. Uh, I, and I'm I'm. I also I play the first one as a completionist. Like if if the town need like in order to manage the town's like reward system, you also have to run errands for them so your mini quests don't feel like they're just empty fucking like, "Oh no, I my this mouse ran away with my keys. Can you get underneath the <laughs> shelter to get the keys for me?" Instead it's like, "Hey, I got a list of supplies I need, otherwise we're not going to be able to to make it to the front tomorrow. So if you can do that and you get, you get all the supplies. Um, and I think those quests finish on the field also. So you hmm. do not need to run all the way back to the fucking town, which is great. What nice quality of life experience there. Um, and then you increase your uh, affinity in the town, like a, like a, uh, what do you call what do you call it when people think something of you? Like being the like mayor a, of Foursquare? Sure, man. What and you go to the yeah, okay. you check in at the restaurant a bunch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Norm high, from Cheers. Hi. There you go. There it is. Norm. <laughs> you can be the norm of any town. <laughs> I also love that there's a there's heavy implications that something else is going on in this game, and I don't mm. know what it is, and that's great. It's not like oh I I met Sephiroth and I know that dude's bad, you know, or or the queen in Final Fantasy IX is so hideous to behold she must be a bad person. Uh, it it's like this could go anywhere. I could find out that these kids can live longer than 10 years, but they're being like mercilessly ground up by the military industrial complex. Who knows? Mm. Matt Apodaca. What are you playing? Well, man, I might be playing both of those games. Honestly, uh, I've never played uh, a Xenoblade game before. Don't need and to. I, 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 but I, I also don't, I also am like not a hundred percent sure if like that same type of RPG is like my type of RPG. Mm. Uh, like I don't know. Uh, like I still haven't finished Dragon Quest Eleven. I I pick it up every now and then, and I plug yeah. you know I plug away at it. And I'm like that was nice. I had fun. Uh, and then checking on it again in two months. Um, but right now, I'm still playing. I'm still playing Bloom, and I mm. talk about this a lot. And yep. I, I'll pro- probably be done with it soon. It's I I can't believe that this thing has me checking my play date every single day. I wow. check in with it for a few nice. minutes every single day, and nice. you know the playdate, the, the the ecosystem of the playdate. You get a f- two free games every Monday uh, for a couple of weeks, and I haven't even touched those new ones. I touched the robot one with like the you can forward you you crank, and it uh, makes the robot go forward or backward. Um, I can't remember what it's called, um, but that one's like fun. But Bloom, 
guys, I patched things up uh, with my girlfriend in the game, and it was, uh, you know, she understood that there was just, like, a lot going on in uh, my character's <laughs> life right? Uh, at the time. Uh, but this other thing has happened that has me completely stressed out. It's that uh, I borrowed money from my parents, and my dad is asking me to pay it back. And so the oh, thing that's boy. stressing me out about this is that I think my character is wrong. Because she's like, she's being like, that money was mine. It was for my my you know my savings. You gave it to right. me. Why would I pay that back? And I'm like, hmm, you should pay your parents back. What is that. the character's logic? Is it is it like, hey, this was your savings fund. We 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 put this money aside for you when you were a kid. Yes. And here you go. And and I thought it was a gift. And now you're telling me it was a loan. Is that kind of what your character, where your character is coming from? That's sort of where she's at. And her dad okay. is like, I think it would be better for you to pay, you know, not pay it back all at once. Slowly pay it back. That way, if you were to ever need that money again. For whatever reason, you you know, no harm, no foul. You got it's it's there, and so I'm sort of like, I kind of see what the dad's saying. You know, it's hard to be yeah, like, sure, it's hard to be in that situation when you know you're the person in it. This kid, this kid's probably like, oh god, my dad, my annoying dad. I'm sort of like, yeah, well, you know, it's you know, maybe it is a good lesson to pay it back. Um, but I lo- I love it. I have all these flowers now. I have the entire roof. I adopted a cat. Uh, it's, there's a lot going on in this game. It was raining. And I was like, this, there's, there's a lot going on. I really, they put a lot of work into this game. I really, really like it. Um, maybe this will be the last time I talk about it because nobody listening is playing this game and can't relate. Uh, but I, I I am, I am really enjoying it. I've been meaning to get back to God of War 2, honestly. Um, Mm. because I did start it, but you know, if I'm booting up the PlayStation, I'm playing the the we stray you stray. Mm, that's right. Our, our game yeah. that we play, you play, will be stray. Yeah, we're gonna be doing that live on Twitch. Uh, that will be Wednesday, August twenty fourth at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Yes. I've also been we straying, you straying, and I resent it for every moment it's taking me away from Xenoblade. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Good energy to bring to our Twitch stream. Yeah, not necessarily <laughs> an indictment to how you enjoy the game or not, but okay. No. No, not yeah. a, not an indictment at all. Not even an opinion mm, about the game. No? I just resent not being able to play Xenoblade Chronicles three. And that's fair. A game I liked so much that I thought about quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like, I'm quitting all my jobs. <laughs> uh, by the way, we mentioned our Twitch stream, and I'll have a reminder for you at the end of the episode. But we are going to be streaming live uh, at uh, our first our first ever live episode, Twitch.tv slash Get Played Pod. Uh, that will be at the end of the month, Wednesday, twenty fourth, Wednesday, August twenty fourth at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. But also, uh, we're going to be streaming some on our Twitch channel just uh, throughout this month to kind of uh, you know get get people uh, to used to checking it out and and get some reps and uh, get warmed up. So I'll probably be streaming something at some point this week. Uh, we do it, it yet to be announced, but we'll we'll figure it out on our and we'll put that on our social media. And uh, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll, I'll mess around with a little uh, Into the Breach ad- Advance Edition or something. I don't, wow. I, don't, I don't fucking know. Maybe we'll do some co-op. Who fucking knows? Who we're gonna, fucking we're gonna play knows? Something. Get off we'll her figure ass. figure it out. Maybe I, maybe I should. <clears throat> when, maybe when Street Fighter Six launches, I'll, I'll get into some twi- Twitch streaming. Wow. Wow. 
Hmm. People would love to see it. Um, I forgot hmm. one more one more thing about Cuphead, uh, the delicious last course. Uh, the dog, uh, the lady dog pilot uh, in Dog on Dog Fight is very attractive. Uh, okay, let's get on to our main that? topic. I meant to mention that. I didn't know my notes. I forgot to say it. You bring Let's up talk you bring up that chalice like you expect her to to notice you. Yeah, like dude. You bring, like Miss Chalice isn't gonna week. fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to save her. I'm trying to save her life here. All right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say she owes me anything, but you know, <laughs> helping her out. Miss Chalice is mid. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about summer vacation games. Now, wow. I'm I'm curious as to uh, th- this will be kind of our topic for this episode. I'm curious as to what everyone's like, like what everyone here uh, thinks of when they hear this topic. Because for me, I struggled not to just think of games from 25 years ago uh, when I was actually a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it like like, but but I mean, do, does summer vacation games like what does that that evoke to each of you? Well, to huh. me, I guess I'll hmm. say because it was like, you know, I, I pitched it. Yeah. So maybe I had something more in mind. Okay. Maybe. I think to me, it's sort of like I was sort of I was thinking about like that time when like summer vacation actually was a thing, right? Like, right. And look, it's summertime right now, baby. It's true. That's sort We're of definitely like the big reason. We're uh, the dog days of summer. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 very summery right now. Uh, but but yeah, what we'll, we'll, we'll finish with that? I was yeah, I was sort of thinking about the games that I would play, because like you know during school you got to do your homework, you got to go to bed at, at a, a reasonable hour so you can get out, go to school. Summer nerd, what the heck? Being a freaking nerd. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but like yeah, summertime you sort of like all bets are off. Yeah. You know, staying up late, waking up late. Playing video games late, uh, mm-hmm. going on vacation and playing games. So that's what I'm. So I was sort of thinking about, yeah, when I was younger, certainly. So a lot of Got the it. games that I'm going to be speaking about today were from, you know, the early 2000s. <laughs> I I didn't approach this conversation that way. Oh, interesting. I approached it as. And I and I went through a bunch of games looking for this feeling. I, mm-hmm. I approached it as, what are games that make me feel a summer energy? Oh, um, that's like, good too. Because the truth is, my memory of playing some games in the summer was that my parents brought kept bringing me up to this empty lot in Wisconsin when I was a kid, so I could not play anything except Game Gear. And I only had two games for Game Gear. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for years. So, like, it wasn't... Like, I couldn't just be like, Columns and Mortal Kombat for the Game Gear are my... Sum-. Like, that's depressing. Yeah. yeah. So, but but there are games that I'm like, I played this a lot that summer. I played mm-hmm. this a lot that summer. So, like, th- th- that's how I approached... That's I think that's I approached valid. the podcast of the day. That's good. I got to hear more about this... Empty lot. <laughs> okay, so, so my my dad bought an empty uh, empty lot in Wisconsin. Two two empty lots in Wisconsin when he when before I was born, mm-hmm. and uh, he and my mother built a house. Okay, but it took 
They built it. So it took 18 years. So we started going to this lot and it would be like just camping on the lot. Mm -hmm. And then they put up a shell of a house and then we would stay inside of that. Like for a little while, we stayed in a shed. Like they bought like a shed from Home Depot Mm -hmm. and we stayed in that shed instead of camping. And then eventually they they had raised the walls of that this house and we stayed in the house, which by the time I went to college was a house. Wow. But but for most of my childhood, it was just me running around in the fucking woods while they worked on this house and there were no neighbors. So like it was I I was just running around like having adventures in the woods by myself. Uh, in that blissful time before, uh, I think before parents started getting scared all the time of what their kids right. were doing. Yeah. So I would like traipse into the woods and set a direction and walk for an hour and then like find something, walk back and like tell my parents, I found a meadow. And they'd be like, wow, where's the meadow? And I'd be like, that way. It's three miles that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I that's mean, wild. Yeah, that's that's part of what I did as a kid. As always, a fascinating character detail. I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Life is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wait, wait dude, can I tell you another? You'll love Please. this. I only want to uh, hear stories about the lot. <laughs> so I so I was also very 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 uh, allergic to like the pollen up in mm. Wisconsin, like super allergic to the pollen. So not only was I a kid running around in the woods. But I was wearing a gas mask. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because so, <laughs> my dad, my dad was a construction guy. So he had yeah. a, he was like, why don't you wear this? And then you won't sneeze all day. And I'd be okay. So I wore a gas, <laughs> a gas mask. Yeah. <laughs> if there was anybody who ever saw me. They didn't approach me because it was like, I think a child just ran by in a gas mask. Yeah. Yes. You became an urban legend. Yeah. (laughs) People thought you were haunting the woods. Yeah. (laughs) A nightmare. Do you think this is why you connected with The Last of Us so much? (laughs) Just used to avoiding spores? Unbelievable. (laughs) But Nick, what were you thinking? Well, I was just, first off, I was going to say that I can't think of, uh, anytime I hear the empty lot, an empty, the phrase, the empty lot now, or empty lot. Oh, Yakuza? Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. But, but, um, I I kind of, I kind of landed on a balance of a little from column A, a little from column B. I was mostly thinking of games, uh, like, and I was looking at this list of games, and I was like, these are just games from when I was, like, because I'm so fucking old. Uh, these are just games from like the 90s, you know, and so when I had what resembled a childhood. And so it's it's and and summer is as you touch on this, Matt, is just so different as an adult. It's mm-hmm. like I I think the, I, I think a sneaky, huge birthday that doesn't get discussed as much is your 36th birthday. Interesting. Because that's when you've hit as many years as an adult as you were as a kid. Oh, and so yeah. once you cross that threshold then more of your life has happened since you became an adult than when you were a kid. And that keeps getting further and further away. And so it's just like the idea of summer being this thing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now about to turn 42. The idea of summer being like a thing that is like separate from the rest of your year 
is just becomes increasingly foreign and becomes increasingly more just like a, a, a distant memory. Um, so I, I, I also kind of incorporated like, okay, what are things that are maybe I would play in the summertime now, or that maybe just kind of make me think of, of summery mm-hmm. sort of experiences. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, shall, shall I, shall I kick, kick things off? Kick it off, yeah. baby. So I, I did not go, did not summer in an empty lot, uh, wearing a gas mask, <laughs> um, going on quests in the woods. Uh, but, I did. I did have my 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 grandparents. My 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 dad's parents. Uh, R.I.P. to both of them. They had a a a, a place up in uh, in in Bear Springs, California, which is like sort of a remote rural part of California. Uh, closest major town is Tehachapi, which also is does not sound like a major town. Um, so it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty remote. And we would go up there. They had neighbors that you could visit, but it was, you know, very rural and and this is pre-internet. And the console I've mentioned before that they had in the house just as a thing for the 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 grandkids to play was an Atari 2600, uh, which to me as a kid who grew up with NES and the Super NES and PC games was, felt like fucking... You know, it it felt a million years old, mm-hmm. and I never wanted to play that fucking thing. There are a few games I found somewhat enjoyable on that, like like Empire Strikes Back, but mostly the I just I just hated using the joystick over a, a gamepad, and I hated how the graphics looked, and I hated how it sounded. Um, <laughs> I've, but but at a certain point, and I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. At a certain point, I realized that I could take my Super Nintendo from our house up with me to my grandparents' house and hook it up to their TV and play Super Nintendo. And I have no idea why that was like a thing where just like, I thought that was an impossibility. It's like, well, it's hooked up to the TV. But no, yeah, I could just take the fucking power supply and take the RF switch uh, and and go up and play that in lieu of the Atari 2600. And the summer I did that was just so fucking, it was just like such a a revelation for me. And the game I brought me with, with me was... A game that has a lot of exploration in it, uh, which also feels very summery. The Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Wow. So that's a game I think of a lot with summer. Uh, playing Zelda up there at my grandparents' house, feeling like a fucking genius because I had figured out I could bring my Super Nintendo up with me, and honestly, fucking loving that game uh, involving catching things in bottles and uh, and and you know uh, uh, chopping down bushes and and exploring caverns. It's it's a very it's a very summery sort of adventure thing uh, because uh, you know hey after all. Uh, uh, Zelda has its origins and Miyamoto himself exploring some of the caverns uh, near his house, like a young Heather Ann Campbell uh, by the par- <laughs> their, her parents' empty lot. So yeah, Zelda Link to the Past, I guess, is my first nominee. I don't know what we're doing exactly here. Just chatting. First, first summary game. Like imagine we got a campfire going and, and we've all got a, a brewski and we're just yeah. talking about our memories of gaming. We're empty lot adjacent, you know? We're just Perfect. We're, we're, we're just chilling. <laughs> there were years, years and years and years where the only thing I ate on the weekends were cooked over an open fire. Wow. That's wild. And often Did- they were just often it was just corn. <laughs> wow. Because there was a farm on the way into this area. It was Four and a half hours north of Chicago. So it was a long drive every weekend. And we'd stop at a farm and they had corn and you'd get like a bunch of corn. And then we'd go and my dad had like a bit one big pot and fill it with lake water, which is so far away from everything that you could just drink the lake water. Yeah. And you just boil corn in the water over a fire. And that's what you'd eat for dinner. 
That's wild. Madness now as an adult. Madness. (laughs) As a child, I was like, this is what life is. Do you ever find a Um, porno in the woods? No. Honestly, I found nothing in the woods, which is a little bit more horrible. Is that remote? Because that was always the thing that I remember just like woods porno was such like a... Yeah, I didn't live in a wooded area, but... (laughs) No, I found found nothing. Across, Across from... Like we were, we were not too far away from a pretty gigantic uh, indigenous reservation, mm-hmm. and all of that land was undeveloped. And then uh, we were sort of sandwiched between those two plates, like a, like undeveloped uh, government land and undeveloped reservation land. So it was just in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. What a life. Madness. Uh- Let's uh let's talk about another game of summer. <laughs> Do you want to go, Heather? Sure, or- why not? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go to the oldest uh the oldest game that evokes summer for me. Uh and that would be Daytona USA, which the first time oh, wow. I saw Daytona running uh, at an arcade, it looked magic it, you couldn't believe it the sky was so blue the colors were like the the machines the cars looked like cars which i cannot stress enough was not a thing that race car games looked like yet so when you saw a 3d car this was the first um i think i'm just talking shit i don't know uh the first 3d racing game after virtual racer from am2 so there was a the, the back window of this stock car was just a constant scrolling blue sky and clouds reflection of the sky, you know, in, in a way that wouldn't actually work. You'd have to be racing around the planet in order for the reflection to be going as fast as it was. <laughs> but it was such a summertime vibe. Like, I'm sure I must have played it in the summer because it was initially an arcade game and then and then released for the Saturn. We all know that I was a Saturn kid. Yeah. So um, so I wanted to play uh, a a little bit of uh, Takenobu Mitsuyoshi Mitsuyoshi Mitsuyoshi. The the man who recorded the theme for Daytona has a has a has a clip of him recording it on YouTube where he's just singing into a mic and it's it's fu- it's unbelievable. Here's Daytona USA's Let's Go Away. <laughs> God. I, I, I'm grinning from ear to ear. Nick is bopping his head back and forth. Oh, yeah. He's jamming out. 
Apodaca's jaw is just to his chest. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen Apodaca just like open, like gaping maw, <laughs> staring straight ahead. Because <laughs> he I've, also was watching the video of that guy singing it. Yeah, it's real. It's a sight to behold. Like, ser- look it, look it up. It's it's great. It's I I'm like speechless. I I loved it. Uh, yeah, that, that was like it was. I don't know. It was like seeing. I don't know what it was like seeing. It was like seeing, I just couldn't believe what I saw. It was great. Yeah, it's it's an incredible video. So watch that. But also, Daytona USA, I think, is on Switch now. And wow. I, and I, I I don't believe it's very good mm. because I think the control was weird. Maybe I'm remembering another version of it. I can't re- I Whatever version I played most, re- maybe that was Dreamcast? Who the fuck mm. knows? All of my consoles are just in a, in like a, 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 a pile that is slowly be, becoming sentient. Uh, oh no, the hole is alive. The hole's alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I really like. It's so summer to me was joy, mm-hmm. you know. And that game I played during the summer when it came out. It wasn't a summer vacation game, but I played it, it the following summer. I think it came out in the in the fall, and it was like fuck. This is such a good feeling. Just racing yeah. under that blue sky with that song blaring. That's my first summer vacation game. Apodaca, what, what, what is summer to you? This, I mean, this one's an inter- My first one's like sort of like an interesting, like, I didn't play this game, but I remember it because I was in, I spoke about this vacation uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Mario Sunshine. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was in New York City um, in, in the Bronx. That's where I was, and yeah. it's where one of the was. five boroughs. Yeah, one of the five boroughs. Um, and I was there for like two weeks with my grandparents, and we were staying with my great grandmother, and my and my uncle also came along. So it was just sort of like a two week vacation with like some like very old people, and I was like, this is like kind of not that fun. Like it was like you right. know it was fun like because I, I had never been to New York before. I was eating pizza and stuff, and like and doing all that you know. Hailing a taxi, all, all that, riding the subway, uh, saying mm-hmm. I'm walking here, doing all that great stuff. Sure. Um, but it was, it, keep in mind, it was the summer of 2002. So it was like a, just a very weird time in New York City. Like we went right. and saw, um, you know, the ground zero. We went and saw like the hole in the ground, basically. Uh, and I, something that I remember just from that was that there were like people like taking family photos in front of it. And I was like 11 and being like, this is weird. <laughs> like this doesn't seem <laughs> correct. Um, but my uncle brought his PlayStation 2. So this was like, we were buying like bootleg DVDs and like watching them on his PlayStation 2. Um, and like that was just like a lot of fun. But a game that he was playing a lot this time to- during this time was Madden 2003. So like I just have like a <laughs> I have like a very distinct memory of this game just like taking over the summer of 2002 specifically because of the soundtrack. And like there are songs on this game that I only associate with Madden 2003 and I've like listened to them on my own but like when I hear the song uh I I go straight back to Madden 03 and I'm just going to play a, a just a clip of one just for a second. Uh this is Andrew WK Party Hard. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, it's fucking rules. Like, I remember being, uh, you know, 11 or 12 years old and being yeah. like, I've never heard a song this cool in my life. 
Daytona. <laughs> like, I didn't know that I could be this hyped as a yeah. kid. I didn't know you could achieve the level of hype this song has. Uh, one of my high school friends, when he was in college, uh, came across Andrew WK at a bar, and my friend was drunk. Yeah. And he says to Andrew WK, Come on, man. You're not even fucking partying right now. Oh, my and God. And Andrew WK is just like, I know, man. I'm just hanging out. He was like, very cool about that it. That rocks. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there's time, there's an appropriate time to party, and there's appropriate it's time true. to party. Uh, yeah. Party hard we, when you party, but you don't really can't do it all the time. No, no, it's unsustainable. Uh, yeah. you, can't, you can't be living like that. Uh, <laughs> even Andrew WK says no. Um, but, yeah, to me, that game... And, you know, I probably got in there a little bit, uh, played a little Madden uh, 03 with my uncle and just got my ass kicked because I, to this day, like, don't really understand the rules of football. Uh, and, and But it, I, read, I just remember that game being sort of new and being like, wow, these songs. There's like, the soundtrack's like Bon Jovi. I think there's like an OK Go song in there. It's not that many songs. Um, but I just remember that soundtrack being very, like, uh, just like good and uh, right. reminds me of my time in New York City. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about a a franchise real quick. Because this always, I always think about, what did I miss? Nothing. Nothing. Wait, what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Seems like something happened. No, I nothing happened. Think, I don't think so. I think, okay. I think, if I had to diagnose what happened just for a second. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think that maybe like Heather was thinking about something and maybe wanted to say something, but like wasn't like pressing. But then we moved on, and I just caught, I just caught it. We were just having a little laugh about it. Yeah. Were you gonna say something? I was, but I, but I, I couldn't decide if it was appropriate or not. But so I, I, I sat on it a little long, and then you interrupted, and I was like, ah, good, I'll let it go. But see, what, what happened say? then was that I saw, and yeah. Heather saw oh, that I okay. saw. So that's yeah. actually what you saw. Yeah. You, you saw, saw that, Heather the, seeing me the see. Shared, you saw the shared moment between Apodaca and I as he saw that I had swallowed a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I want to know what the bit was. <laughs> well, the bit was, I can't believe you and your uncle played PlayStation 2 at Ground Zero. Well, yeah. That was the other thing. People were very unhappy with that. <laughs> they did not like it, but a couple people, I did hear this. <laughs> mm-hmm. They did say, only in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Great. They said that. Right, I'm sorry I interrupted that because uh, I liked it. I'm going to talk about the Might and Magic franchise. <laughs> so, you know, we had one computer as uh, when I was a kid. And we had, uh, you know, when we finally got internet, it was dial-up internet at, t- for, at first. I think it might have been dial-up internet the whole time I was at my parents' house. I don't think I got exposed to broadband until I moved into my college dorm. And so it was, a, and so it was like a family computer, 
And that was I got to play PC games and, you know, hey, my 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 dad was very uh, he's he's always been very knowledgeable about computers and always help, uh, you know, was was able to assist me and enable me to upgrade the video card and 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 the RAM and this and so forth to be able to play PC games on this bad boy, uh, which was great and let me play a lot of games that, uh, you know, I was uh, I was very fortunate to have access to. Uh, but the computer had to be unoccupied and, you know, someone else had to not be using it for schoolwork or, uh, or or work work. And that would oftentimes be the summer. That was when I'd have these long, uninterrupted stretches to use the family computer. Uh, again, narrowband. We had AOL dial-up. So it's not exactly downloading porno. <laughs> But I was playing video games, <laughs> and so I'd often ha- have a very meaty RPG, PC RPG, that I would get into during the summer, and for several summers, those were various games in the Might and Magic franchise. Uh, Might and Magic 2 was the first one I played. I never played the, the original one, uh, but I, my understanding is that Might and Magic 2 is just more of the same of Might and Magic 2, of Might and Magic 1. Might and Magic 3 was a was a huge graphical overhaul. We got VGA graphics uh, and, uh, you know, a, a completely new character portraits, a, 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 a new combat system that was retained in my favorite entries in the series, Might and Magic 4 and 5, a.k.a. Might and Magic Clouds of Zine and Might and Magic Dark Side of Zine. These were big, meaty, huge RPGs with a full party that you created and you just go and, you know, hey, you guys know how RPGs work. You go and you do a bunch of side quests. You do yeah. the main quests. But the thing that was amazing about these games, and 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 it's one of those things where you look back on it, and that they were able to pull this off for games that you'd install from floppy disks uh, is is really dazzling because it's, it's a difficult design thing uh, to make work in any situation. But Clouds of Zine and Dark Side of Zine, these two games merged to form World of Zine. And so basically the way the overworld was, was it was a, a flat plane. The idea was that this was this was a flat world. This was a flat earth like ours. And uh, and there were portals that would transport you from the clouds of Zine side uh, to the dark side of Zine, the underside of mm. the uh, of this flat uh, plane. And on that, and so you could play through the entire game, like both games at once, uh, while portaling between the two of them. And you could do as however, however much of one quest as you wanted, and then take your party over to the other one, do some of that, dick around with it. And then eventually, if you finish both games, it opened an end game, which was World of Zine, where you got to fight the real last boss. So it was a really, like, kind of really impressive achievement that they were able to do this. And also just a whole shitload of game. Uh, that it was able to, uh, to to use to occupy my summer. So uh, the Might and Magic franchise. I also played Might and Magic Six a shitload uh, at my my final uh, final summer at home. And that game honestly was not very good. But ah. I think I just played it because I was like, hey, it's the new Might and Magic, and I want to play it. And this is what I do in summer. Uh, but eventually, I came back around because I got into, got into the Heroes of Might and Magic franchise, which is uh, also awesome in in different ways. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the Might and Magic games. That's one thing I think of in uh, playing during the summer. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Nicely said, Nick Weiger. Thank you. You want to know you want to know a game that reminds me of the summer? Mhm. Uh in one of my very first apartments, uh I of course had my Dreamcast and my neighbor across the across the hall, back in the back in these old days when you used to maybe talk to your neighbor in your apartment building, <laughs> was just as rabid a uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2 fan as I was. Wow. And so after work, he'd come over 
And we would fucking play Marvel versus Capcom 2. And it was summertime. The windows were open. It was a really good feeling. And uh, this song always brings me back. As does this song. Oh, that fucking, yeah. That eye catch jam that plays. Hell yeah. The truth is, if you have a friend or a, a an apartment building mate who plays a video game with you, then it's just a race to get into the game. Like what you you you, you want to play as fast as possible. So I, I I didn't play much of that theme song ever, but mm-hmm. once in a, in a in a rare while we would let it play through because it was such a good a good bop. Uh, and we would play an hour of Marvel versus Capcom 2. Uh, and then we, I mean, like, this was a human being that I never went to lunch with or dinner with or got a coffee with. I don't sure. even think, I think I may have had his phone number so that I could text him Marvel question mark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And, and as soon as as soon as I moved out of that building, I don't think we ever ever spoke again, which is such a crazy wow. intense window of time mm-hmm. into that into those those hot summers in my early time in Los Angeles. So um, yeah, that's a summertime summertime game for me. Matt Apodaca, what's a summertime game for you? Okay, I have to disclose something. Uh oh. I was remembering this game, and then upon doing my research, it didn't come out in the summertime. Oh, That's boy. okay. If you played it in the summertime, it don't matter. I'm sure yeah. that I did, but my story... I'm just going to tell my story. We were... Uh, my family went on like a... like My stepdad's a golfer, and he likes to golf. And so we went to some like golf course, I think... I don't, I don't exactly remember where it was. It might have been like near Pismo Beach or something. But on the way, the point is on the way there, we stopped at a Target to get like supplies for like the weekend or whatever. But I had brought my PS2 and I was like, I'm going to buy this fucking game while I'm here. <laughs> and like play it in the hotel room. Um, and it that game was Prince of Persia Warrior Within. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which came out which I realized I bought late because it, it came out. I'm, I'm, I, I did my, I did some research and it came out on my birthday that year, but I didn't get it. Um, but I was like, I got to get this game. And I had like, must've had like leftover holiday money or something. Uh, and I got this game and I played it all weekend in, in my, in this hotel room. Uh, I, yeah, I think in Pismo beach. Uh, and I don't know why they let me bring my PS2. This was like a, they shouldn't have, because I didn't go outside, I think, the entire weekend. Uh, I didn't go to the pool. I was just playing the uh, the second entry in the, the Sands of Time series. And since we're just playing tunes, I'm just going to play this one real quick. Because I can't... Did I think God, Godsmack did the music for uh, Prince of Persia Warrior Thin. They definitely went full edge lord with it. Yeah, I, I don't remember who exactly did the soundtrack. Anyway, it's completely uh, different aesthetic. Stuart uh, Stuart Chatwood is uh, credited as the composer here, and let me just play 
uh, just a little bit of this song, Welcome Within. Like, come on. I mean, it fucking rocks. Yeah, it does. Is it correct? I don't know. No, it's not fit. It doesn't fit the, because the first game is so like storybook, like sort of magical, ethereal. And then this one, I don't remember. I think it was honestly God of War. I think God of War sold so well that they were just like, well, every game now has to be brutal and violent. That's the only thing that we that 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 you know the market has proven it demands. Yeah, and they were like, but we'll go a step further and be like new metal. Like we'll, yes, we'll do right, that yeah. and we'll beat them. Uh and I don't remember the game. I mean, I liked the game quite a bit. I'm sure it looks uh was rated fine. I don't remember the sequels being as beloved as the Sands of Time. Um, but that was sort of like I was just obsessed with that game when it came out. Um because I guess it it worked on me too, right? Like I was like, oh, like this is I'm sort of growing up. This is sort of a more right. edgy game. I'm sort of cool now, which mm. is maybe uh, too late to be. I was like 14 years old. Probably shouldn't have been thinking like that. Uh, I guess it's still young. You're still young if you're 14. Yeah, that's still that's still the age that you want to be cool. Uh, but that I and remember. Then you figure out later you'll never be cool. No, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, you brought your PS2 on vacation. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I, yeah, I remember that was that was my uh, vacation game. And just another aside, I remember us buying the unrated Anchorman uh, DVD and watching that and having just laughing our fucking asses off. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, I guess let's uh, let, let's let's have one final nominee yeah. here. Um, I have a lot of a lot of a lot of things I wrote down. One of the things I wrote down was video game magazines, because honestly, oh, yes, uh, that oh, yeah, and then yeah, also yeah. Magic the Gathering where things mm. were just like I could take that with me on a car trip or a Boy Scout trip or to to music camp and I could sit in my bunk and I could, you know, read this issue of PC Gamer and uh, uh, yeah, dream about playing Master of Orion instead of uh, being at this bullshit camp. Um, and uh, that was a lot of that was a lot of my summer experience was just wishing I was I was back home playing video games. Uh, so, uh, I, I also think of other games that, you know, Final Fantasy X just feels kind of summary for me. Similarly, Beachy to Mario Sunshine, which we covered. Uh, you, you know, I haven't played some of these, uh, uh, like your, your No Man's Skies or your, your Subnautica's that I've heard of are good, like, just sort of fun exploration games. But, hey, Breath of the Wild certainly has that sort of feeling for me, where, to bring up another Zelda. But mm-hmm. the game I'm going to talk about is... Uh, it, it is a game that I, I played in adulthood, and this was a game that kind of was around, uh, available for iOS, uh, pre-Switch, uh, pre, you know, like before people, had, they'd figured out how to really like monetize the shit out of mobile games to the point where they're basically unplayable uh, these days. They're just slot machines. Uh, and... Um, and uh, and it, it was in the era where maybe I didn't want to take my Nintendo DS or my Nintendo 3DS with me uh, when I got on a plane or something or went on a trip. I could just want to like, hey, I have it's just a game I could play on my phone. Uh, that game is Civilization Revolution, wow. which is a simplified version of, of Civilization. Mm. It is just like a very, you know, all the, the mechanics have been stripped down and it's it's a very basic version of the game, but very, very playable and very fun. 
uh, and uh, it retains the spirit of the game and uh, playable on your phone. And, you know, like I, I just like it also just as one of those games, turn based games for me melt the hours away. Uh, so it, this was one where that would make a, a, a plane trip fly by, if you'll pardon the phrase. Um, Hell yeah. So the so uh, so yeah, Civilization Revolution. I, I I I put a lot of hours into on my phone, and you know now these days I think you can get full Civ on your phone, or you can just bring a Switch with you, you know, and 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 play that. So it's it's it was just kind of in that sweet spot of like, hey, a game on my phone is a real novelty for me, and that one worked for me. Um, you guys have been playing so much cool music. Uh, that I feel like I should play something. Sure. So uh, I'm going to play a track from a game I mentioned. Um, this is uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back uh, for Atari 2600. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my contribution. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nick, that was my best option. <laughs> this is the best game we have. You got this my ass. The, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Heather. Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you think for us? Another summer game. Well, uh, imagine if you will the mm-hmm. summer of two thousand seven, and uh, if you were one of the lucky few who managed to get a Nintendo Wii because they were in short supply when oh, the, when yeah. this system fucking came out. Like it came out in uh, Christmas area 2006, but even by summer 2007, if you had one, you were you were a rare bird, and everybody you knew was like, "Oh, you've got that Wii? I would love to, I'd love to try it." And so, like people who I'd never had over to my apartment would come over and play this game for Nintendo Wii. And often they'd be, they wouldn't be gamers. So like this theme is playing in the background while you're explaining the controller to somebody. No, no, no. You just hold it like this. And no, no, you you can point, you can point at the screen. See that if that finger is you see it. No, that one is me. Okay. I'll put mine down. You, okay, see how you can point? So the just this is the only button you need to... There's another button where your trigger finger is on the other <laughs> side. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But this button is your big... Your big no, you don't have to... You don't ever have to use the D-pad. <laughs> no, you just press that button and the trigger, and that's it. And you can move... Yeah, you move your body in order to play it. <laughs> whoa, okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, let's put on the strap first, because you almost just threw it. Like that was my experience yes, of summer yeah. 2007. Um, and that bit went on a long time because of how long it was to introduce any anybody to the to the Wii, especially when they hadn't played video games beyond Nintendo at a at a friend's house when mm-hmm. they were a kid. Um but yeah, I mean like people I I I like comedians would come over and be like I want to try that bowling thing. You got the Wii? You look like you'd have the Wii. Uh, and I, and I, and they'd play and it was great. Uh, I 100% had people over just to play uh, Wii, just to play Wii sports specifically. And I never have people over, but like people would like come like, just like, like I want, I got to play fucking baseball. I got to play tennis. I got to try bowling. Um, yeah, I got to crack your plasma screen by (laughs) 
by flinging my fucking a Wii remote at uh, uh, at it, it uh, accidentally. Um, it's a uh, it yeah we it, a lot of I had people I had people over at gatherings. So you're at this is a great choice. Yeah, that was the the summer 2007 uh, game and console experience. Wow. Um, uh, when you said yeah. uh, Rare Bird, I thought you were going to say Kazooie. Great job, Matt. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. You said that like kind of like five minutes ago, but I just, I've been sitting on it. <laughs> and you can go anytime. Yeah, no, Rare made the Banjo-Kazooie games. Um, uh, my final answer... <laughs> Banjo's the bear, uh, Kazooie's the bird. And uh, is, this was just like a phenomenon. Like this game was just huge in my friend group uh, growing up. And like, it would be like, I was the friend that had this. It was like very rare that I was the friend that had the thing. So it would become a thing where they would either come over to my house to do this. Or if somebody had like a bigger, cooler house, Matt, you got to bring this with you. It's going to be so fun to do it there. I'm like, okay. Right. And that was my entire rock band setup, the drums, two guitars, the microphone, all the cables, my PlayStation 2. And that was just like a summer nights thing that we just we just did that every single like weekend night, basically. We would just go play rock band, play the same songs over and over and over again. I still have them in, the, uh, in my closet right here off screen. And... I was just with some friends from this time of my life, from my high school, um, over the weekend. And I was telling Heather that we all shotgun beers and it was like, we were kids again. It was great. Um, wow. Yeah, I still got it. And um, I was like, I should have brought Rock Band. And every single one of them was like mad at me that I didn't bring it. <laughs> They're like, you, you have it and you didn't bring it? That's so funny. And it, like they like they would have snapped back to it immediately. And so next time I'll do it. But it's just it's so much stuff. Honestly, if I take it, I'm probably gonna leave it there. Uh, <laughs> clear some room in my fucking closet. Um, <laughs> but that was yeah. That was just like we would play in my garage too. Like we would like open the uh, the garage and leave the uh, garage door open. And there was a TV in my garage, and we would just go nuts on that shit in there and just have a blast. Like we were like a real Fuck, band. Yeah, it was great. Yes. Yes. It, it was so, so much fun. And like, yeah, just being in high school playing that was like just a dream. It was it was just a real blast. And uh, that's I, I think about that as just like that to me is summer doing that with my buds and and just hanging, hanging with the boys and the girl. I, I, I don't you know, like, again, I don't have people over. Yeah. I don't go to things, but I did go to multiple gatherings where it was like, hey, we've got rock band. We're all yeah. going to play rock band. And I'd be like, I'll play some fucking rock band. So, yeah, I remember doing that for rock band. I remember doing that when Beatles rock band came out. Again, friends who weren't really gamers, but just like had a console where yeah. like like liked music or like, hey, we got like, we got Beatles rock band. Come over and play. It was like, all right, sure. Why the, why the fuck not? Beatles rock band, the only video game to make me cry for some reason. Don't can't explain why. Loved it. Hmm. Was- Couldn't finish Sergeant Pepper's. I couldn't, yeah, I, I kept failing. Got mad. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I had a temper tantrum. It wasn't. <laughs> the, the first time I saw The Who play, The Who band, mm-hmm. was when Rock Band announced that they had gotten The Who license. Uh-huh. Right? Wow. And then they took us 
I was a video game journalist at the time, and they took us to a private event where I watched The Who. Wow. And I was like, Jesus Christ, these people have a lot of money. Like, <laughs> yes, there are, there are only like 150 people in this room. Yeah. How much was it to book The Who right. for us so that we could be like, oh, I'm so excited about The Who rock band. Or maybe it was rock guitar hero. Maybe it was guitar Whatever, hero. Yeah. Either Whatever way. Whatever the fuck. I don't know. This was either way. What? 2006. 2007, somewhere in there. Different time. Anyway. E3 used not, to be so, was this at E3 or was it some different event? It, yeah, it was an E3 adjacent. It wasn't E3 itself, but you know, yeah. it was, the thing was announced and then they were like, hey, well, you coming to the who tonight? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> E3 used to be so flush with cash. I remember yeah. one year I went and they had a full basketball court that they'd set up and they had like like guys from the and one tour, uh, uh, street ball players, and they were like doing live demonstrations in like on the show floor. And then not far from that, uh, this was when the ACW game was coming out. Uh, and they had they had a ring set up and they were just doing like live wrestling matches uh, with announcers. The announce team was there, like announcing over the PA. And I was like, this is fucking insane. I can't believe how the, the, there was a that I there, I think one of the no one lives forever games was out there and they had like a bunch of go go dancers just dancing. They had like the the official Lara Croft was just there. Oh, this is one I remember. Regis Philbin was doing a live who wants to be a millionaire on the show floor. There was so much fucking money they used to throw at this trade show. That would have been more exciting to me than seeing The Who. I would have been like, holy (laughs) shit, it's Regis. Um, I guess E3 is kind of a summer games thing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, that was summer vacation. Wasn't there a year where Microsoft gave everybody an Xbox? That sounds right. Am I making that up? No, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Give me stuff. Give us free stuff. Give me. <laughs> Instead, we just get angry people on Twitter being like, did you get the thing that I sent? Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> we didn't. I'm sorry. It never happened for us. It's probably the- in the P.O. box. Sure. Which it's like somebody's got to check it. And I don't know whose job that yeah. is anymore because it used to be mine. Mm. But I, I've since that's not my job anymore. Nice. Well, yeah. I'll do it. OK. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nick needs a job. hey it's time for the question block all right this one is from at leon lxa on twitter and they write like pokemon or digimon cards what's one video game ip that you would like to see turned into a card game give me those disco elysium cards i was that was my first thought give me all those uh those fucking thought catalog elements uh, let's 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 figure out a a, a playable card game with those. Uh, that feels like a natural fit, and the art is so good too. Mm-hmm. I honestly just having those that as a deck of cards would be so fun. I have I have it. Wait, really? Yeah, I have that. Hold on. That's like a that's like an a thing un- that exists. Un- an unofficial Heather's Hole, right here, right now. Wow. We got a segment within a segment, so this is like actually like you're kind of getting bonus content. In yeah, the show itself. Bonus content outside the paywall. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Heather has the only one of these. <laughs> We're going to find out. So, oh, shit. <laughs> Giant red box has been brought out. So this is 
the Disco Elysium uh, had to pre-order special edition from I Am 8-Bit. Mm-hmm. Inside of this box is an, un- an unbelievably comprehensive making of book with a lenticular cover. Wow. Look at that. And it's it's got like original design documents. It has... Uh, That's the kind of shit I like. I like to look fu- at the pictures. Like, I lo- yeah. love looking at pictures of game design. Yeah. That's great. Oh, you know what? She's digging it's through not, the box even further. She's like in, getting inside in, of it. Hold on. It's not in this box. It's in a different box. Okay, it's in a different box. So this is unprecedented. A different piece of Disco Elysium merch. You, Nick, you saw the size of this box. Yeah. It looked like it could easily hold it, have a deck of cards within it. But yeah. no, it's not in that box. It's not in this one. Okay. So, it's a separate I'm sorry, box. guys. In that, in, that, in that box is like a scarf and some other shit. Like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't listen like to that. The thing. game itself. Here is the deck of cards. <laughs> wow. And if I open these up, what they're kind of, like they they're look like, like they're tarot, tarot cards. They're yeah. like tarot cards. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. And they're the full. It's the full thought catalog. Wow. With a, I mean, you can't. There's no. You can get these off of the Zaum uh, website. Mm-hmm. You can just order them. Wow. That's cool. But there's no game, but you can get the cards. Uh, so, the cards are cool. I guess I'm saying, what if that those cards that exist uh, were also a game? So that's yeah. my answer. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, it would be. I wouldn't mind some Elden Ring cards. Uh, Elden Ring oh, card yeah. ga- uh, battling game seems like a no-brainer to me. That's That seems like a home run. Um, but yeah, my first thought was also... Disco Elysium, truly just for the art alone. I don't understand why Final Fantasy VIII's card game hasn't been released as an actual card game. Mm. Mm. Triple Triad? Yeah, What? where's Where's Triple Triad with RFID chips in the cards so you don't have to do any of the math? Mm. That'd be great. What was the other... They, had, they put a card game in 9, too, right? I can't remember the name of it. It sucked. Yeah, I remember it wasn't <laughs> as good as Triple Triad. It was not good. Yeah. <laughs> Triple oh, Triad was, was fun. That one was a was filler. It's bad news. That that was that sucked. How about a card version of Blitzball? While we're talking Final Fantasy sub games. <laughs> Oof. God. I didn't like Blitzball. I like I like ten, but I don't like Blitzball. Uh, I, I you know I wonder if there's a there's a tactical version if there's a, a tactical card version of uh, of Advance Wars. Mm, I just feel like mm-hmm. the art in Advance Wars would end, lend itself really well to. As a tile-based game, but you know the 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 art in Advance Wars would lend itself really well to to art on cards, and and it just would be you could figure out ways to do it with your with your various generals and your various units. I don't know. I think there's probably a a, a way, or maybe that's more of a board game. Yeah, Something maybe comes to mind. a Risk style sort of board sure. game in yeah. set in Advance uh, Advance Wars. What 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 about a Smash Brothers card game? Oh, so yeah. it's all IP across, across the board, and you can power up individual characters in order to play them against your opponent. That's great. Hell yeah. You got stages, you got items. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's take another question. Great question. This one's from at Michael Bark on Twitter, and they write, if you could wear any video game character's hat, whose would it be and why? Ah, uh, I feel like I kind of want a Waluigi hat. I feel like that's kind of like I love the color of Waluigi's hat. 
Um, I, 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 you know, I, I just love his general, his general colorway. And I also feel like it's like, it's just at that threshold of obscurity where it's not completely inscrutable to people, but also like, if you recognize it, you know, a little bit of like, Oh, I know what that is. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know what it is, you're like, Oh, this is some Mario thing. But if you do know what it is, you're like, Hey, it's Waluigi, you know? I don't know how why I feel like Waluigi is 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 pretty widely known, but he's certainly not. Uh, yeah, he's certainly not Mario or even Wario. I think he's he's the most obscure of that foursome for sure. Give me that. Give me that Waluigi hat. I'd wear that cap. Yeah, and I don't mean like a like a baseball cap cap version of it. The real I would thing. wear the baseball cap version of it. But give me the real thing. Although you know what else? Talking about baseball caps, that Diddy Kong, ba- Kong baseball cap is fucking sleek. That's a good mm. one. That thing looks mm. rad. I wonder if you can get that. Heather has it. No, I do not have that. In a in a world where Cyberpunk 2077 was like a massive hit and had mm-hmm. launched like a million different fashion lines and like you could like kit yourself out with I'd I'd wear some of those hats. Mm. Yeah. Was the question specific like to a a character who has a hat? Or was it that just was a video hat game question, hat? wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. If you could wear uh, any video game character's hat, so it's their hat. Hmm. So I guess twenty seventy seven doesn't count then, right? Well, How so? Then it's Ash's hat. You could wear you could wear you could wear a V's hat. Like all one right, of I'll, I'll wear a V's hat. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I really like M Bison's hat. Oh, that's Great a good hat. And just like I don't know, like obviously, like. Sort of dictatory, right? But it looks cool. It looks good yeah. on him. He's got a cool yeah. outfit. He's got cool powers. And Bison's my answer. That's the hat that I would like to wear. All uh, right, good hat. Good hat. I feel like I just I, I you know also if you could see through it, one of the nightmare Elden Ring hats. Oh sure. Like you know, mm-hmm. the god like skin duo. With, yeah, yeah. Just a, just a big, just a beehive. Um. <laughs> With a skull in the uh, stacked right. on top of it, yeah. I also wouldn't mind Cappy. I know you we we talked Mario already, oh, but Cappy's I want Cappy cool. specifically because Cappy's, Cappy's going to help cool. me out. Yeah, it's a good hat. Great, excellent hat. hat. I, I, I'd yeah. also take uh, um, f- f- like, can I wear the hoodie of one of the Kingdom Hearts guys? Sure, I don't see why That's not. A- you know that, or like an Assassin's Creed version of that same. Oh that, yeah, that hoodie with that extremely low brim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. I take that hat. It's pretty good. We'll call it a hat. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, that's a hat to me. It's on your head. That's a hat. RoboCop had a game, so I'd wear I'd wear his his helmet as a hat. Hmm. <laughs> I watched RoboCop on the big screen. Uh, this uh, this past Friday, that was it was screening, and uh, my fuck, that movie's so good. It's director's so... cut or regular cut? Director's cut. Yeah, Ugh. gotta go. Director's cut. Director's cut great. is so violent, so brutal. There's like five minutes dedicated to like blowing off his dick in the director's had, cut. Had to have it in there. He's the American Jesus, as Paul Verhoeven said. <laughs> RoboCop. This this figure. This uh, uh, of course, the authority figure, the robot policeman is the American Jesus. And you know what? He ain't wrong. Um, I, I, I'll, just, I'll just shout out the Black Mage hat. I think I'd, I'd, I'd love a Black oh, Mage hat. Oh, good hat. 
Very good hat. Good I don't know if hat. I can pull it off, but it's a cool hat. I don't know. Excellent Nick. hat. I think you could. Very good hat. Um, great, great hats. Thank you for the question. Uh, this next one is from at O O S Honey on Twitter, and they write: Are there any? Maybe this is a question just for Heather. Maybe are there um. any Evangelion games worth checking out? No. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are not. Uh, the closest I think you're going to come to a good Evangelion game is Girlfriend of Steel, which is a visual novel game. Uh, I also have heard mixed things about, I think it's the uh, it, the Rei Ayanami or Shinji Ikari Raising Project, which is like, yeah, it's Shinji. And you can raise him in different ways to make him into a different kind of kid. <laughs> Uh, so rude. The, the fucking non-canonical. I think Girlfriend of Steel is canonical. Like it mm. is a thing that actually happened. And I believe it's, uh, it was a Saturn game and it was relaunched a couple of times. I don't, I don't even know if it was ever brought out here. Um, I've played the N64 game, which I enjoy just for the opening theme. And then it is abysmal. It is not good. Uh, I've played the mobile games. Also not good. There, nobody has made it. And at this point, I believe the EVA license is tied up with Gynax, which mm. the director, Hideaki Anno, they, they have a terrible relationship. Mm. The original production house and, and Hideaki Anno. So there won't be, say, for example, more games coming out. Uh, maybe there will, but there definitely never be like a film adaptation or a, a, TV, a live action TV series because you can't, those rights can't be negotiated. That's a, it's a nightmare. Wow. Um, but Sounds the, like a Kojima the, uh, Konami situation. Yeah. It's bad blood means Metal Gear is in limbo. The, yeah, but the, the, the long answer is no. And the short answer is uh, I've heard Girlfriend of Steel is, you can watch like a playthrough of it on YouTube. And then you get, because it's a visual novel, you get all the stuff. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. It sounds kind of, kind of up what our alley. What else do I got going on? Yeah, well, yeah, what else do I got going on? Uh, I think Girlfriend of Steel has a, has a scene where Ray uses her Eva to go fishing, which that, is that charming. Because it's great. a very, very large fishing pole. Uh, but I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> That yeah no that's if that's true then I'm a hundred percent interested and I <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I will think, be checking it out I think <laughs> uh, I'm probably wrong I hope you're right um this this final this final question mm -hmm. in the question block today uh, is from uh at Brandon Gilbreck on Twitter and they write what do you think VR needs to do to become ubiquitous in gaming is it the high price of entry that keeps its niche or that there hasn't been a killer gotta play it game. Are people just scared of matrixing themselves? I know I know the answer to this. Hmm. Uh, the answer to this is twofold. One, there is a killer game and it's Half-Life Alex. Wow. It's fucking, it's fuck it's like you, it's you you play it and you're like, this is the next thing. There's there's nothing like it. Holy shit. The problem is that in order for anything to be good, like to, to take off. You need to have two people in a room, one of whom is being like, check this out. And the other person's watching until they want to do it. You cannot be like, 
to a to a, a person put on this helmet learn the the huge barrier of entry of like how to hold the controllers what you can't see them in your hands like all that shit and then play a video game mm-hmm. you need to be able to have somebody else in the space so i think when you can tether two vr headsets and one is um a uh, one person is sort of like a a viewer or like a a an audience member mm-hmm. to the thing and then once they understand the space or the the mechanics of the thing then they can jump in that's the first threshold of vr saturation because otherwise you're watching somebody wa- wag their arms around in a fucking room and it looks dumb yeah my understanding is that that you know some of the current gen and and certainly some of the next gen hardware it, it has or is going to have the ability to you can you can see on a screen like on a TV uh, a version of what the user is seeing in their VR headset. So at least it's not a completely you know it's a, it's a passive experience, but you could at least have a sense of what they're what they're doing. So that feels like that will be like a little bit of a step forward. But you you have that already with with the the Valve Index. Like if Mary's sitting at the at the desk, she can mm-hmm. see what I'm seeing on the screen. But it is not an immersive experience at all. Right. It is it is chaos because the way your head moves in VR is not the way that a camera moves in space. I think she's I think you have to have a secondary helmet that's just for watching. Well, then I think what the you know, the price of the hardware certainly needs to come down. I mean, what happened with the sure. Oculus? They actually raised the price. And yeah, it's what like the it's fuck? like a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah. more now, which Why? is wild. Never happens. <laughs> Very weird. Um, the the uh, but but I I think there's also factors. I think that's that's really well said, Heather, and I think you are correct. Uh, I think that that Half Life Alex being tethered to the Steam store uh, probably you know if if Valve reaches a point where they're just like you know what we sold enough Valve indexes, let's go ahead and put this thing on PlayStation VR and put it in the Oculus Store and just sort of like take a portal approach where uh, or, or 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 you know like the orange box approach we'll just kind of put this on everything and we're not worried about only selling this through the seam store then then probably that'll get that certainly will get more people to try it uh but i i think just like so much of it have having been wowed by vr and we talked about it on our vr we talked about it on our vr episode last year i think uh, and we we're all just sort of like this is fucking incredible and and i have an oculus uh and then playing it less and less as the time goes by I think it's just things like it's a pain in the ass to put on and I get really sweaty and it's heavy and kind of makes my neck hurt. Yeah. Like I honestly think a big uh, like a big thing that w- that's just going to help critical mass uh, uh, adoption in VR. And, you know, I, I know these things are still moving a lot of hardware is just like make it feel like putting on a pair of glasses. And, you know, what, if you can make it as easy as. What you were what, what we were talking about earlier, like as as playing a, a a a going over to someone's house and playing Wii Sports or or playing Rock Band, like if you make it yeah. that easy, I was just like, okay, I grab these things, I don't have to worry about like securing all this shit to my face and making sure the uh, uh, uh my guide is set up correctly so that I don't bump into anything. I think it just has to be a lot more seamless and a lot less cumbersome for the user. Yeah, I I think I think also. Um when you put a non-user into VR, you feel vulnerable and blind, at least as a woman. Like, mm-hmm. you, putting on the helmet, you're like, I'm in a space and I can't see anything. 
And I think your initial stage of immersion should be semi-transparency. I think it should be like a, you, you put on the helmet, you can see through the helmet, so you can still see your space, but you get like an introduction to the HUD. And like, oh, so I can look at my hands and see the buttons. And like, like putting my dad in VR, he, which he loved, but it was like a huge amount of time just to get him to like keep his hand in the right place. Right? Right. All the all of those are barriers barriers of entry. Yeah. But man, when it takes off, it's going to be the only fucking thing. It's true. I mean, it's hard. It's like if you can make that that just total totally immersive experience um you know, without all the hoops you got to jump through, it's it's hard to hard to imagine just wanting to play on a flat screen anymore. Oh. Also, if you've seen Unreal 3 or whatever the fuck in, in, in action, it's nearing photorealism, right? So like, You mean the new Un- Unreal Engine? Yeah. What are they up to in Unreal I mean, Engine? Five, uh, six? Five, seven, ten. It's five. Just keep guessing numbers. Yeah. 31. Oh, it's five. Oh, wait, it's 31. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my answer. What's... What what are your questions? Hit us mm, up. Wow. At Get Played Pod on That's Twitter. Right. Or you can call us at the number that Nick is about to say. I don't have the number anymore. The are fuck? we still using the number? Yeah. Yeah, we got voice. I took the number out of my notes. Oh, man. We, we, I feel like because we, we stopped soliciting from the number. Send us let's what, throw the well, number out there. Yeah, said, let's get the, the phone number out there. The phone number is 6162-PLAYED. That's 616-275-2933. Uh, this is all on, in our pinned tweet on Twitter. So if you follow us there, you can see all of that information there. Uh, you can also, yeah, email us at getplayedpod at gmail.com uh, and, and all that other good stuff. Let's do a let's do a voicemail question block next time we do this. Let's, let's, yes. let's, get, let's get some more, uh, a bunch of voice questions in there. If wants to call let's get some... Them. Some good voicemails. Keep them short. Keep them short. Yeah, keep them short. <laughs> We're the ones who get to ramble. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And as I mentioned earlier this month, we play, you play, a.k.a. we stray, you stray. We'll be live at twitch.tv slash getplayedpod Wednesday, August 24th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so look for that. Follow that channel. And also check out our premium show, Get animated. We had that Evangelion question earlier, uh, and Heather, we are we are approaching uh, the end of the the end of Evangelion. We are approaching it. We are going to be releasing episodes twenty one and twenty two mm-hmm. this week. Yes, uh, but you can listen to the podcast about that. Uh, our, our, our get animated you can find at Stitcher Premium or at patreoncom slash played. And guys, wait, yeah, what, what, Matt? I just want you guys, could you guys just keep in touch and have a good summer? Yeah, we can. JK, you got played. Oh, no. Not his ass. <laughs> guys. Guys. Guys.